The following sermon is from Christ Church Port Orange. For more information, find us online at joinwithjesus.org. Thanks for listening. Today, we were planning to be in Proverbs. So we're in uh, week four of a series on Proverbs, which I've really been enjoying, and I hope you have as well. But felt redirected to spend a little bit more time on some things that we were going to cram in. Uh, the Lord was speaking to us at the end of last year, and these these words came, Tiffany and I were, she, she just said, hey, I feel like the Lord's saying these two words. And the two words were, make room. Somebody say, make room. Make room. And um, so I felt like, man, when she shared that with me, it just resounded in my spirit. I sh- we shared that with the staff, and they felt the same way. We really wanted to create space where we can encounter God. Now, we were already planning to make room for more people. Making room for people is a lot easier than making space for God. Do you realize this? Our services were getting shorter in order to make room for more people. And so we wanted to have a disposition to create an environment where we can encounter God and we can focus on the things that matter to him. And so we've had this as like a priority. And yet week after week after week, we've just been cramming everything in and ending just barely enough time and making a mad dash to clear out the parking lot and get people in. And so I prepared to preach to you from Proverbs 22.6, which we'll do in two weeks after Fit Sunday Funday. We'll go right back to it. Uh, it's done. So we've got a sermon ready to go. Uh, but, but we have some really important things happening, and we could have just announced them and moved quickly and then crammed a sermon in there, but I felt compelled during the worship of the first service to just take some time and to hang out on these important announcements um, and their people announcements. So I know some of you like risk management people, you're like, what is going on here? What are you going to say? That's fine. Um, so we've got some of our key uh, worship team members and uh, staff member, Bill Mayer, Bill and Jesse. This is their last Sunday with us because they are being commissioned, called by God to head into a new season of ministry. And along with them, Jordan Bilal, Jesse's brother, and Zach Dunlop, who've been with us since we started Christ Church seven years ago and have been just faithfully serving the team week after week after week after week with almost no weeks off from one service to two services to three services. And uh, the Lord's moving them in a different direction. And when that happens, and if you've been in a church any length of time, when there's been um, a kerfuffle, you guys ever been in a kerfuffle? You just never know what to, to call it. If you've ever been in a church split or you get like personality clashes and things get weird. And um, we just want to be a church that doesn't ever have that. And so we never, we just literally never want to have it. So a couple of the ways that we make sure we never have it is that uh, we deal with stuff right away. Right? I mean, if anything pops up, if we have any issues on our team or in the church, if there's like, we just deal with it. We just go right to it and say, hey, let's talk about that. Because um, we feel like that's what Jesus said to do in Matthew 18. So we just like doing what Jesus says. Can I get amen? Yeah. <laughs> So we just deal with it right away, and in a spirit of love, uh, in a humility, when you come into any environment and just going, you're more important than this problem, and I'm going to treat you that way, uh, things typically go a little better. Not always. You can't, you know, Roman says, do the best you can to be at peace with everyone, which means you won't be at peace with everyone. Just do the best you can. Um, but we never want that to happen. But we also recognize that um, Jesus is the head of the church. We call him Lord for a reason. Can I get an amen? I mean, we got it. We're part of a kingdom, and the kingdom has a king. And so he gets to decide what happens, not us. And sometimes in, in our institutions and organizations, we try to just have too much control. And so we want to be very open-handed with everything that God kind of puts in our hands. And so when God moves people around, instead of getting you know, hurt or offended or insecure, we go, all right, Lord, you're the boss, and so how can we love each other? And so in, back in February... Uh, Bill and I were having a conversation before one of our men's events, and he said, man, I just feel like God's like, speaking to me and, 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 and like, calling me out to step off the staff to do something I don't even know what it is. This is back in February. And so we started praying and asking the Lord, and so I said, man, 
you, your job here is so key that we need like six months to find a way to like do this without you. And uh, so he was like, great, six months. And so we just started working towards what this transition, not even knowing what the future would hold. And this has been going on behind the scenes now since February. But when someone says, I feel like I'm supposed to leave, you know, you can get your feelings hurt. Well, what's wrong with us? You know, don't you like it here? Uh, and you can get all bent out of shape. And, and I never liked you anyway. Just leave now. You know, they're like, yeah, it's just, people get weird. You guys ever been around when people get weird? So we don't want to be like that. We want to be like, uh, we want to be trusting towards God and other people. We want to be working for the good of the kingdom and recognizing that Jesus gets to redirect. He's the boss. And if he's saying go, then go and go with our blessing and go with our honor and go with our support and go with our care. And so we could have just announced that and had some people pray for them and then moved on. And I just felt like God was saying, just sit in that for a minute. And also, maybe you're here and like, you're like, I just, I just came here because I need to ride to the airport this afternoon, and, or you know, somebody promised you lunch, or whatever. I don't know. Um, uh, you're just expecting the kind of a church service. What we're going to do today, not just that, we've got a couple other things that are equally as valuable. It's a picture of something that God wants you to see. You see, you see the world in a way that's been shaped by your experience, the things you've been told and believed in the way your parents kind of shaped you and caused you to think about the world, how you've been treated and mistreated. And so we get this picture of, of what the world is like. And when you meet Jesus, like when you really meet him, and your eyes are opened, everything changes. I grew up in a Christian home and learned lots of true things about God, but when I was 18, I had an encounter with God that changed the way I viewed the whole entire world. It's changed my self-perception and my perception of other people. It's, it's been the guiding principle of the growth of my own life and that's brought me to this point that I'm in right now. And the closest thing I can describe it to you as is like Neo getting unplugged from the Matrix. <laughs> and I look, back, I look back at my old life and I go, man, I really thought all that was real. I really thought joy was to be found in personal autonomy and sovereignty and freedom to do whatever I wanted and be my authentic self and enjoy the world and to find people who want to make me a success. Those people don't exist, by the way. They're trying to make themselves a success. And I lived in this world of my own making, and it was one that was going to be fraught with disappointment and destructive behaviors and ultimately end in death. But God loved me enough to say, hey, there's another way, and his name is Jesus. There's another person who's actually the star of your story. You're a supporting actor. Do you realize that? There's a way to live your life that it experiences all of God's rich blessing and is part of a world that lasts forever and not just this one that's like wool over the eyes. And so maybe some of you here this morning, you actually haven't experienced that. Maybe for you, God is for Sunday morning and that's it. Maybe for you, you kind of believe a set of facts and so here you are, but you don't know the Lord in a way that's transformed everything about the way you live your life. What we're gonna talk about and what you're gonna see demonstrated this morning is a picture of a relationship with God that's worth changing everything for. It's worth reorienting your schedule, your calendar, your commitments, your bank accounts, your relationships. It's, it's worth moving in a direction that may be even painful for you for the cost of other people who don't even care about you. But this is the kingdom of heaven and you have just stepped into the embassy of the future. And we are here to present to you a compelling picture of a God who is steadfast in love and perfectly faithful and wants to bring you into a new world where there is no more pain, where there is no more sickness and death, where there is joy in his presence forevermore. And you can also live every single day in light of that reality and on the inside, alive to it with other people who believe similarly and want to see you do your best. 
so, here's some of the stuff that's happening. Tonight at seven o'clock, 15 people are making a public statement of their faith in Jesus and going through the waters of baptism. Isn't that awesome? It was like eight and then it was 10 and they just kept coming. People were just texting me. I got another one, I got another one, I got another one. So we're gonna be uh, at Frank Rendon Park in Daytona Beach Shores. It's at seven o'clock and we did that on purpose. You know why? Because at seven, the heat has started to wane a little bit and the breeze is coming off the ocean a little tiny bit and the tourists have left the beach parking lots and so there's a place for you to park. And so we're gonna meet at seven. We're gonna, we're gonna celebrate the sacrament of baptism and I want I want as many people to be there as possible. If you can be there, you don't know anybody getting baptized. You, you wouldn't even know their name if I read it on a list. But you are a part of the body of Christ. They are being baptized into the body of Christ. One of my favorite parts about baptism, especially when it's at the beach, is I walk out into the water, you know, waist deep with someone, and they're a little nervous, and there's a whole crowd of people on the beach. Some of them they know, most of them they don't. And I bring them into the water to to unite them by faith with the death of Jesus and then to lift them into newness of life. And I love two things happen. One, the people who are putting their faith in Jesus genuinely are overwhelmed by the powerful sense of God's spirit. His forgiveness, his cleansing, his presence, it's, it's remarkable. I know this because people who are not typically huggers suddenly are overwhelmed with emotion. They grab me. Oh, thank you. And then they're like, well, what am I doing? You know. So I'm always prepared for that. But the second thing is that um, that moment is broken by the sound of cheering. Yes. Hundreds of people screaming and hollering and celebrating, not only because of the value of new life, but welcome to the family. But you're one of us now. And there's something really beautiful about that. And so I'd love for you to be there, if nothing less, to just clap and yell and to say, welcome, welcome home. And so that's happening and that's super exciting. Also, in third service, right after this, um, there are five families who are dedicating their newest additions to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? And so we, we didn't have that in every service. Um, but five, five families with new, new ones, little, little ones. So we call it child dedication, not baby dedication. Because sometimes when he prays a five-year-old up, you're like, not a baby, you know. Um, well, we, we didn't, we forgot, you know. We were in Kentucky for seven years. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but if you've been around church any length of time, you know that there's kind of like two different traditions for baptism. So you have like your infant baptism people. So if you're Catholic or Lutheran, some covenantal Presbyterians. And so the, the babies are literally either sprinkled. Some like Russian Orthodox, they're like dip them in. Huh! Like the whole head goes in and it's like very traumatizing for the baby. <laughs> and uh, so they baptize the baby into the faith of the covenant faith of the parents, and then they, they raise the child in the knowledge of the Lord, and then they make a decision as a child or you know, kind of an age of accountability-ish, 10, 11, 12, and sometimes 13, and they kind of go through confirmation and then first communion, and then it's official. So some of you are raised like that. And then in the Protestant world, baptism is seen, believer's baptisms or creedal baptism is the idea of it's a decision that you make based on having knowledge of the good news about Jesus. And so you don't baptize an infant because the infant doesn't, isn't able to have agency and make that decision. But we also still affirm the reality that like all children are a gift from God and that we have this stewardship and this calling to raise them in the fear and instruction of the Lord. And so that, that this practice becomes waterless and it's basically dry baptism and it's baby dedication, we call it. And so we're kind of in that camp. And so we dedicate babies, we don't baptize them. Uh, we baptize children of any age as long as they know what they're doing. Um, they can make sense in their own words of, of salvation. Um, but we have five families that are going to be dedicated and, 
in the third service. Now, unfortunately, them and many like them, uh, three of those five families fell ill yesterday. And so uh, head colds, COVID, flu A, all kinds of funky bronchial infections. People have been texting me nonstop. And I just want to say, especially if you're at home streaming because you're sick, can we all just say thank you for not coming to church with that? Can we all just say thank you? Thanks for taking the week off. Thank you for all you parents who can't get by going, it's just allergies. It's literally green snot. It's not, it's not allergies. They're like, here, hold this baby for an hour. No, 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 please. So we just love people who are just willing to stay home when they're sick. Just God bless you. We just love you so much because um, we don't want what you have. So uh, anyway, thanks. But third service, we're going to have those dedications. And that's just a picture of God's love for people uh, and, and of the community. I mean, when you have a child dedication, you have this idea of you're acknowledging that every life is precious, a gift from God, a miracle no matter the circumstances, Every life has dignity and value and deserving of our attention and protection and, and, and uh, most investment. We want, to be, we want to value the children. Can I get amen? amen? So we do that with all of them all the way through. Even all you old children, we still value you. Um, but then there's also like an appeal. It's an appeal to the Lord to go like, I mean, I remember the feeling of taking our first daughter home from the hospital. I was literally terrified. And I have like, I have... There's seven kids in my family. I was used to being around babies. So I was like, oh, I can, no problem. I can already know how to change diapers and I've been taking care of little kids this, this whole time. And they were like, okay, here's your daughter. And I was like, well, what, 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 what about my nursing staff? Who's coming home with me? Show me that sucky thing again. I mean, you know, I was getting all, all verklempt. And, and the reality is, is we, it's a big task to raise these children. And it's not like you're done when they're 12 or 18. Some of you guys are raising 24-year-old children and they're just more expensive than ever. They don't even live with you anymore and they're still... Still taking care of them. Can I get amen, anybody? This is a lifetime commitment. And so we are saying, God help us. And this is not a good way to start. And then lastly, it's, it's a really beautiful picture of the fact that you're a part of something bigger. You're a part of a bigger family. You're a part of something that's spiritual, supernatural, and eternal. And you have people who are around you who aren't maybe physically related to you by blood, but who are part of the same family because we have the same father. And so there's this beautiful assurance of a church that's willing to say, we're, you're dedicating your children, but we're dedicating ourselves to you and to this endeavor. And we're serving back there, and we're, making, we're adding our contribution and teaching your children the Bible or giving them a craft to put their hands on a concept that teaches them about God's love and faithfulness. Do you see this? And so it's a really beautiful thing. So we take baptism real seriously, baby dedication real seriously, and so we want to honor that. But uh, in addition to having some key members of our worship team, Bill and Jesse Mayer, Jordan Balau, and Zach Dunlop, having today be their last Sunday. Uh, we're also honoring seven individuals, uh, and this is one of Bill's genius ideas. Um, when someone is serving at Christ Church and they serve 100 services, we give them a plaque and we honor them for their service. And there's seven people who just crossed that 100 services threshold. Isn't that awesome? Check out, here's a picture from first service. Do you have that picture up there? Yeah, here they are. So two of them are my daughters, Evie and Meredith. We had to go get them from the kids' classroom where they were serving to parade them up here and give them their plaques. And uh, they were shocked and also very excited. And so um, every one of these people, 100 services. And it's over 100 because some of them have 137 or 212 or whatever it is. But whenever they cross that line, we want to honor them. And so what we wanted to do in today's service was to take a moment to show honor where honor is due and let that be a visible representation of the value of knowing Jesus Christ. Because when you know him, not when you meet him, yes, but when you know him, everything about your life changes. 
everything. Because you have a new value system, you have a new vision of the world in the future, you have a new understanding of yourself, you have a new definition of the value of people, relationships, the future, investment, work, everything begins to change. So, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I think you guys have this on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. I'm throwing everybody back there for a loop because every service is different. They're like, what's he going to do now? I don't even know. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts. Somebody say variety. Isn't that good? Let that sink in for a second. Aren't you glad everyone else is not just like you? And if you're, if you're not glad, aren't you glad everyone's not just like me? Because we need, we need, thank you, Joy, we need diversity and variety. Variety is the spice of life. Variety is the heart of God. Do you know that? I mean, think about his command to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. God wanted people. He wanted them to spread out so they would look different and think different and talk different and have different culture and different perspective and cook different food. And then he wanted to make a big family out of all of that variety that loved each other and feared the Lord. And so this is what the church is supposed to be a picture of. There's variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Do you see this? This is so incredibly important for you to understand because you are not supposed to be like everybody else. You are a unique contribution to the body of Christ. Think about this. The scriptures describe the church of Jesus with a number of analogies. A vine, a flock, a temple, a bride, a family, a body. Think about all of these different pictures. Now, none of these is comprehensive because each of them highlights a perspective that you're supposed to understand. A vine, source of life, fruitfulness. Your connection to Jesus, this is where the fruitfulness comes from. Without him, no fruitfulness. This is what true life is. Do you see the connection there? The flock. You know, a lot of times you hear a lot of preachers talk about the flock and they just make fun of sheep being dumb and telling you you're dumb. Bah. Sheep are dumb. They just, just eat, nibble. Sheep are dumb. You're dumb. Follow me, right? That's not the point. The point is all of us need to be led but we have a good shepherd. We have a wise shepherd who's working towards our good, who protects us from danger, who leads us to soul refreshment, who never leaves our side, who will come after us when we're stray. Do you see how this is supposed to work? And so each of these pictures is meant to highlight a component part of what it means to be joined with Jesus by faith to be transformed. And I love this one about the body because here we have Christ as the head and all of us as the body, and the variety is our different body parts, but all of us are one with each other. And so you got, you know, you got your phalanges out there, you got your, your tarsals and your metatarsals and your carpals and your metacarpals and all your organs, and all those things are very different. My pinky is very different than my pancreas. Can I get an amen? But I'd like to keep them both. And so here we are as the body of Christ. And so we highlight our, our interdependence and our variety. We need people to be different from other people. There are some of you who can't carry a tune in a bucket. We don't need you on stage. But at some point, we may need you to carry a bucket. Do you understand? So God gives every single person a gift. And you're supposed to understand that you're different. And so you value the people who are not like you. See that? 
But you're also supposed to value yourself. You're not supposed to see yourself. I get people all the time. I'm the pinky toe of the body of, I'm the, I'm the bunion on the foot of the body of Christ, you know? Some of you act like you are the appendix. That's what you are. You, you are an ancillary organ from a, a previous iteration of humanity waiting to be infected and removed. That's how you feel about yourself. And if you live in, in church like that, I don't do anything. I just sit here until I get grumpy and then I leave, you know? You're not doing anybody any good. Do you realize that? But if you understand that you are an indispensable part of what God wants to do, that you receive direction directly from him, he's the head, your connection with him makes you invaluable even though you're different than other people. And so you don't compare, but you interdepend and you value and you honor. Do you see how this is supposed to work? And so we get variety, same. Variety of gifts, same spirit. Variety of service, same Lord. Variety of activities, same God. And so he's the Lord. He gets to decide who goes where, who does what, who gets what gift. And it's beautiful if you let him be in charge. Can I get amen? So welcome to a house where we let Jesus be the boss. And so when someone comes to the staff and says, I feel like God's calling us to move on, go do something different. Immediately, we're like, how are we going to do this without you? And the answer is, Jesus knows. He's the one. He's the one. The Spirit of God is what fits the parts together, not me. I'm so glad it's not my job to keep this whole thing together. And so we go, all right, if the Lord's leading you and I trust that he is, then with open hands and with tender hearts, we say, we're sending you to do whatever God's calling you to do. With our blessing and our honor and our gratitude and our generosity and our patience. And we celebrate it because it's not a loss. Do you realize this? We don't lose anything. I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking to me. Like, Bill and Jesse and Jordan and Zach have been like the core spine of our worship team for seven years. And the thought of all of them stepping out is terrifying. Bill runs all tech at Christ Church. Do you realize that? All of it. You know how hard it is to find a worship leader that does tech? Do you have any idea how odd that combination of gifts is? I've never seen one. Bill's the only one I've ever seen. Most guys that can do tech, you do not want them to sing into a microphone. Do you understand? But here, listen, God's the one who wires us. You know, he's the one that gives us the gifts. He's the one that gives us the calling. He's the one that puts us where he wants us to be. And so we sit back and we go, yes, Lord, whatever you want to do. And then we celebrate the fact that we have a king who, when you know him, he's worth changing everything for. Who, who, what young couple with three young children walks away from a steady ministry job where you're valued and, and, and supported and, you're, I mean, job security right there? You'd be crazy! Most of the time, it's not like that. I've been in church a long time, and I've seen it. I've seen somebody gets into the right job, and they just hang out right there, and they're like, I'll never leave here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride this out till the wheels fall off, and you've you got to pry them to get them loose. And here's Bill and Jesse going, all right, Lord, if you're sending us, we're ready to go, whatever it means. We trust you to provide. That's invaluable, and it's a picture of what it looks like to know God in a way that changes everything. So I don't need to know what the future holds. They don't need to know what the future holds. We just need to know the voice of our good shepherd. Can I get Amen. Verse seven, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Somebody say, I'm an each. Please play along with me. Say, say I'm an each. If you're here, there, there are no duds in the body of Christ. Do you realize that? Your gift may not be the gift that you associate with fruitfulness, but every single person has a gift. And so you are a gift. And so you have to recognize who, what has God given me and how am I supposed to use it? And when you believe that, when you really walk in that, you start to experience incredible things. Now listen, if you don't know what your gift is, discover your gift. And you know how you'll discover it? Sign up for stuff. 
It's funny, I love watching people who's, they go, I don't know what my gift is, but I'm gonna serve the children because you keep asking me to help with the kids and they sign up and four weeks later they're like, I can't do this, oh my gosh, I can't. And I say, that's no problem, you can try something different because frankly, you're scaring the children, you know? <laughs> you're making them very nervous back there. So let's, let's set you free and let's let you try to find your gift in another ministry. Do you see how this works? So like, we won't pigeonhole you in something where there's a need. We're gonna let you discover how God's wired you, what God's called you to do, so that you can flourish at the point of your most effectiveness. Because we really are, I mean, look out on the wall. Empowered, missional, community. Empowered, to each is given a manifestation of the spirit. Every single person has a gift. We're missional. We are here on purpose to fulfill the purpose of God. We need to function in what God put us here to do. And if we all do our part, we will get done what he wants to get done. Do you see that? And then we're a community, which means we value, support, and love one another in the midst of the whole thing. And so God redirects, and God empowers, and God sends, and God changes, and things are going to always move because God's always on the move. And so we just go back, all right, God, what you want to do? And then how do we love each other as one and, and, and show the value of one? And so, and so we we gather in baby dedication and we say, we're gonna pray for your family. And we show up for baptism and we say, welcome to the family, new person I don't know, I've never met you before, yay! And so when our, half the worship team is leaving on a Sunday, we don't turn our nose up and go, how could you, you know? We say, God, God bless you and we can't to see what's next. And watch the, the next level of people who God's raising up. Do you see how this works? And so this can be done well, it doesn't have to be done badly. But we wanna do it on purpose. So let me ask uh, Bill and Jesse, Zach and Jordan, you guys still in the room? Can you guys come on up here? Can you guys show them a little love as they come up here? <clears throat> so I know some of you guys know them super well if you've been around for any length of time and some of you are like, didn't even know their names. You're like, oh, it's the blonde dude that plays the guitar from the stage, I know him. I saw him at Chipotle once. Uh, so, but um, this is Bill and Jesse. Jesse and Jordan are siblings, if you guys didn't know that. So these two are married, not these two, just in case you were wondering. So they get that kind of a lot. And then Jesse and Jordan are kind of cousins with Zach. They share a cousin, but they're kind of all raised together. And I've known these three since they were yay high. In fact, I, we were just talking with Jordan this past week about, I baptized him when he was 11. And so, I, yeah, it was, pretty, it was pretty awesome. We've been in this together for a really long time. I, he, when he got in, he was like this tall. He was in the shallow end and the water was up to his chin. It was very, it was just dunk and he was done, just like that. Um, but in a way, I, like, I feel like a big brother to these three. I've just known them since they were born in the early 90s and I just love them. And I'm so super proud of each and every one of you. I love what you've done with your life. I love your passion for the Lord. I love your service to the church. I love everything about all of you and I cannot wait for what God has next. <laughs> love you, love you, love you. Now, Bill and I met in 2010-11 when he was a college student. This was the pre-Bill and Jesse days. And so him and I go really far back. And when we relaunched Christ Church in 2015, he and Jesse were married and building their family in Tennessee and California. But God brought them back here just when Mike and Mel, who were leading every single Sunday with Zach and Jordan when we relaunched, literally four members of the worship team, every service, every Sunday, if they weren't available, no music was happening. And so it was like all the time, these four. And so... Mike and Mel felt called to move out of state. And we're like, what are we going to do? And Bill and Jesse, right there, just like that. And so Bill came on staff and brought his unique gift set to Christ Church. 
And one of the things was when he got here, this whole auditorium was in shambles. So this was, it was poorly built when it was built and it had lots of problems. None of the lights worked, hardly like three of them worked and they may explode on you. And it was good because the carpet was so nasty that you didn't really want to see it anyway. So uh, the whole thing needed to be renovated. So Bill oversaw the con- all the AVL, every bit of sound. All, I mean, the whole renovation of the space, the stage extension, all the lights, everything you see that makes it sound so good in here. People come in here all the time like, how'd you get it to sound so good in here? I'm like, that guy, that guy did it. <laughs> so he did all that. And then he got us set up for streaming, streaming services. This is back in 2019. He was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could stream everything and had really high quality streaming? And just as he got done, three weeks after everything was working, COVID hit and churches were closed down everywhere. And we had epic streaming capacity for a, a smaller church. And it was amazing because we were immediately, immediately able to stay in connection. We had, I had bigger churches calling me to go, how do you guys do that? And I'd be like, I got a guy, you know? So Bill's like consulting bigger churches to help them catch up when they were just radio silence for weeks at a time. So anyway, what I'm saying all this to say, I'm just commending these four, their love for Jesus their service to the church. There's lots of stories I could tell about all of them that, you would, that would honor them, but you would never know about, and God's leading them to the next place. The thing I love about the most, though, is that these four are listening to the voice of God and are willing to live their lives in response to what he says, no matter what that means. And that is what we all want to do, and it's inspiring. But it's also a picture of the value of Jesus when you truly know him. When you know Jesus, the Jesus we're following, he's the most compelling person you'll ever meet. He'll change everything about your future. He's the only person you can trust completely and he'll never let you down. And so it doesn't mean that the following journey is not scary, because it is. Can I get amen? Still very frightening, but here we are, Indiana Jones style, stepping out into nothing. And so we wanna do that uh, with the covering of the Holy Spirit and the blessing of the community of Christ Church. So would you guys come down here? We wanna pray for you. And if there's anybody who here, you know them, you love them, and you want to pray God's blessing upon them, you can come up and surround them, and I'll lead us in prayer together. So come on up if you want to pray. This is where it's handy to be sitting in the front row. Get up there quickly. Beautiful. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for, for making such amazing humans and for giving us a new heart. God, for bringing us to life spiritually and giving us eyes to see. God, I thank you for the faith that's in these four, especially. God, I thank you for the the service that they have made, the contribution, the investment they have made to our church family. God, and we just want to express corporately our gratitude to you for them and show them honor. And God, we also want to just send them out with your rich blessing. God, we want to, we want to, implore you that your spirit will be poured out on them in new ways, that they would be filled, God, with new gifts, new manifestations of the spirit, God, new awareness of your voice, and God, I just pray that your power will be all over them. God, we pray for your protection and for your provision as well. God, I thank you uh, for the course as they see it, but for the future that, Lord, we just can't control. I just pray, Lord, you would make the path straight before them as they trust you and follow you to go before them, God. Remain with them and may your rich blessing be poured out in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. All right, now I'm gonna put them immediately to work. Let me invite them and the rest of the worship team up here um, because we are going to close with the blessing, the song, the blessing. 
Um, a lot of you guys know this song. It's a pretty famous, well-known song at this point, but it's, it's derived from the ironic blessing that was meant to be proclaimed over the people of God. And so Yahweh tells, tells Moses to tell Aaron and his sons to pray this prayer over the people. And so there's this overflow, this cascading overflow of good news from God about blessing that's supposed to reach everyone. And so maybe you're here and you haven't encountered God in a way that's so compelling that you would change everything about your life to, to follow him. And maybe this is just getting you to think, wow, these people are really serious. Or maybe a touch crazy. Or maybe we just know someone you don't know yet. And so I want to invite you to let this truth about who God is and how he feels about you and the future he wants you to walk in to just cascade over you. I want to invite you to consider in your mind and in your spirit if what we're singing about is actually God's heart and if you can trust him completely and just walk out in, into an unknown future and expect to find his love and support, his steadfast love and his faithfulness. That's what I've discovered. That's what most of the people sitting around you have discovered. That's what these guys have discovered and that's why they're willing to follow him. And so God, I just pray, Lord, as we transition and as we sing this song to you, but we also let this song be sung over us, Lord, that its message would find a home in our hearts that we would be recipients of your incredible blessing, that it would flow to us and to our children and to our children's children. God, we thank you that you were not content to see a world head off in its own direction to its own demise, but you intervened to bring about salvation and new life and a beautiful future. God, I thank you for making us a people of hope and I pray that you would infuse that hope into our hearts this morning as we respond to what we have just reflected upon. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Let's stand.